This week on the Sports Initiative podcast, I sit down with football coach and author George Koto Rice. He discusses his journey into football coaching, his time at European giants Porto and Barcelona, as well as his book and the research behind it into tactical periodization. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you share it with friends and family. I hope you enjoy. Right, so George, really appreciate um, you spending a bit of your time with us this morning. Um, I know uh, we've caught up a little bit off air, but how are things your end? Are you all okay? Yeah, Michael, thank you. Thank you for your invitation. For me, it's a pleasure to be uh, here talking with you, and I, I hope yeah, uh, to make it uh, available for everyone hearing us here. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Perfect. So for people that uh, maybe haven't come across you um, or, or your work, do you want to give us a summary of, um, and I know we said off air that this was going to be difficult because of the length of it, but a, a short-ish summary of, of you, who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. I um, I said it could be a bit difficult for me to summarize it as I, I'm really glad of the, the journey that I've, I've had until now and the uh, I feel and I uh, I look back at it as a, as a rich one uh, in the sense that I, I started coaching while I was in the university in Porto, um, student of Professor Vitor Frad, one of the, um, the biggest and brightest brains about football methodology, created a, uh, a training approach called tactical periodization. Um, uh, and uh, as a student uh, in this university, we had to do our practicals in a, in a club and the professor invited to join the, uh, the FC Porto football school. Uh, and uh, there I, I found uh, uh, a hub of the uh, uh, greatest um, uh, young coaches trying to really apply the ideas that we get in the in university with this professor. Uh, and some of them are now in uh, in top clubs uh, and uh, also in the uh, in this process uh, I felt um, uh, that I was fortunate fortunate because of the the approach that uh, we had since the beginning uh, as, as a coaches um, it was with someone that uh, uh, looked at the training in a, in a very different way from uh, the classic approach uh, uh, where the things are uh, quite more lineal, quite more um, um, oriented to a, to a classic approach to, to training, uh, based in uh, uh, athletics, based in uh, uh, didactic procedures that, uh, that are uh, um, quite distant from what uh, learning should be, from what uh, uh, ecological approach should be of the human development. Uh, and uh, yeah, some coaches like uh, Pep Linders that uh, was at that time in, in FC Porto, you now he's in Liverpool, also with Vitor Matos, like uh, Georges Maciel, who's now in, uh, in in Lille in France. Um, yeah, and the other coaches in, in some uh, in some other contexts. Uh, it was very helpful for for me to to put in practice this um, this idea that we get firstly uh, in university, and then with Professor Vitor Fred also. 
at that time working as a methodologist in FC Porto every day with us. It was very um, interesting dynamic to discuss between us and with him uh, in a daily basis. And then after three years uh, in this environment, I moved to, to Barcelona. I wanted to, um, to know other ways, other approaches to training. Uh, it was also that time where at Barcelona with Pep Guardiola um, was quite attract attractive for everyone involved in football and in training. And then, yeah, I moved there uh, firstly to to get in touch with the La Masia, with the, with the coaches, with the process of training there, and try to get as close as possible to also the first team dynamics, uh, and at the same time complete my academic um, uh, masters with masters in agro performance, and at the same time uh, to be an interesting possibility for me to do the UEFA licenses in Spain as they are. Um, working in a more dynamic and faster way to get the full licenses and in other countries. And in that moment in Portugal, it was even suspended and all the courses. So uh, yeah, uh, this move to to Barcelona was also something that I look back and I uh, think it was a very good decision from my side. And then later on, uh, after finishing the master and uh, publishing the final thesis uh, as a book, uh, I also could uh, get uh, into the Barça Academy system where I, I was coaching Barcelona uh, about uh, four years before moving to uh, to Nigeria uh, through seasons as a technical director of the of the Barça Academy in in Lagos. And then, yeah, during that uh, process, uh, it was very interesting to, for me to uh, sometimes uh, have the possibility to to observe the first team uh, training sessions, to contact with other clubs um, in Catalonia, where um, the coaches' development and the coaches' education uh, system is, uh, is quite rich and uh, competitive and producing uh, a good level of players and coaches. Uh, of course, uh, the development uh, uh, happens at the same time. And in, uh, yeah, uh, in terms of training methodology, for me it was uh, also a great opportunity to meet to meet Paco Cerullo, um, working with Johan Cruyff, with Pep Guardiola. And, uh, nowadays, in, or in the recent years, developed even deeper his approach to uh, what is the game and what is the, the game idea that differentiates FC Barcelona from the others. Uh, and I, I really appreciate uh, the openness uh, from these from these uh, people with these uh, rich experiences to share with the young, uh, a young Portuguese moving uh, I to think Catalonia at the time. We'll come on to that because I think that's a that's a really obviously nice segue and stuff. Um, but I think if we start off with, obviously you mentioned going into Porto, etc. And, and Porto has a real rich history of producing players. Obviously, um, mo most listeners will be aware of them during that, that season with Jose Mourinho, where they went on to do really well in the Champions League, etc. From you as a young coach or practitioner going into to Porto um, and I guess at that 
time, you're quite um, malleable in terms of ideas that you'll pick up, etc. What was your first thoughts of the academy? How how did it feel? Was there any particular methodology or culture that you felt Porto really tried to go after and have within their academy? Um, yeah, absolutely. At that time, uh, more or less, uh, the forty coaches involved in the in the off and and football school of the club, um, and almost another percent were uh, students of Professor Victor Fratt. So they they were quite aligned in terms of philosophy, in terms of ideas about. Uh, what uh, what training should be about uh, what uh, the role of the coach should be uh, in this um, in this youth development um, process and uh, even uh, in in the club th there was a project at that time called Six One One that comprehends the time between two thousand six and two thousand eleven and uh, yeah had the goal to bring youth players young players to the first team. Uh, during those um, those years, and, and that that happened quite successfully, as you as you remarked, and, and that's that's a fact. Uh, also, with incorporation of uh, um, some external element to this methodology, like for example, the role of Pepin Pepin Winders that came from PSD at that moment, um, quite oriented more for a curve uh, approach, curve. Uh, method of technical development but also it was interesting for us to see his evolution in terms of uh, his starting point quite more analytical in this sense and getting uh, aligned and open to to receive from a, a more ecological approach from the point of view of of the game uh, of the game being the main ingredient of this uh, development and not only the relationship player and the ball, but with the game involved with the, with this variability and these unpredictable uh, scenarios uh, being our main tool to to promote the development of the player. So, yeah. And in terms of structure of training um, for the Porto Academy, what what did it look like? Um, so was it? You know, very game based, or was it very structured with technological drills, etc.? What What did the, I guess, the pathway look like from the younger age groups through to when hopefully they get through to the first team? Mm -hmm. well, in in in, uh, in FC Porto at that time, as I said, uh, nowadays it may be different because also Vitor Fraud is not uh, working with the club anymore. Um, but at that time, with this approach, uh, as you said, it was quite uh, uh, um, another 100% of the training uh, game-oriented. I mean, uh, always with, um, with the focus on creating scenarios for the players with this uh, uh, ingredient that, uh, that I was mentioning, like uh, the variability, like the unpredictability, like... Uh, the wholeness of the game um, to to really promote intelligent players and to attune players to the dynamics uh, of the the nature of the game uh, and not uh, and not uh, uh, not oriented with this 
other approaches that we, we may recognize in, in other in other clubs, in other philosophies about training, with analytical training, with more time spent in analytical or, or physical um, uh, activities. No, it was with competition, if possible, uh, all the all the games in training with this emotional um, uh, implication uh, as it happens in the in the normal games, uh, always with the, someone winning, someone losing, someone uh, trying to be better than other, competing uh, all the time, and uh, of course um, also uh, with this self competitiveness to. To, to promote each player the desire to to optimize uh, the way uh, it performs in this uh, they perform in this uh, in these environments and these situations that we create um, that's uh, with in, individual that, challenges for each one but always in this game structure so that's really interesting because in uh, England particularly at the moment, at the grassroots level, they've tried to remove the competition element. So you turn up, it's a friendly, even the academies, there's no league table, there's no, um, yeah, no competitions until maybe once or twice a year. But for the rest of the time, it's just a friendly that you go and play to try and learn. How did um, your time at Porto help you understand the value of competition and how maybe if you do it the right way as a coach it can help people uh strive and want to improve whilst also competing it is a very interesting question i i always try also to to, to pay attention to other um, to the way other countries other nations other clubs were approaching the training and the wall of development and yeah this this is a significant difference that for example uh, happens in your in your region and um, I, I believe yeah it, 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 it is always uh, related with the way we approach it and with the way uh, with the way everyone around the players uh, uh, behaves according to, to this competition so uh, if we are talking about um, uh, about the the well being and about the the pressure that uh, uh, the people around the players sometimes um, uh, creates and sometimes uh, in a certain way uh, exaggerates uh, in the in the demands from the players about the the focus in the external competition and in the scores and in in the position in the table. Uh, of course, uh, if the focus is on those um, elements, is is uh, not the best way to take uh, to take um, the positives of the competition. So uh, we we look um, we look um, at the competition as a way uh, to get the the full involvement of the human being in the in situation. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, it can happen, and it, it is uh, uh, also a, uh, a positive element to get it the full involvement without the competition. Um, but uh, uh, knowing knowing the nature nature of the of the human being and this and this uh, 
uh, and the way that also as a species we arrived to the point where we are both these elements of cooperation and competition uh, were always uh, were always present in our in our evolution and then uh, knowing the benefits that it had uh, we tried to get the best of it by uh, by having it in present mostly we can um, but yeah trying to uh, to give a direction to this focus and to to promote uh, uh, the education also of the of the parents and the coaches uh, in the uh, in the in the right way to don't uh, to to decrease at least decrease the negative that can also uh, have this this uh, uh, competitive environment that we create uh, um, but um, but in the end uh, as I was expressing. Uh, uh, the 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 facts and the and the practical experience and the sensation that I get uh, from it is that um, um, if all the system around uh, understands uh, the the wise, uh, then uh, everything um, gets more fluid and uh, uh, and uh, is, is is a very rich and interesting approach um, and scenario and environment for. The development of the of the player for example in, in barcelona um uh, we tried to be more in, uh, to have more criteria in, in the, the, the moments we put competition the moments we didn't because we also wanted this um, uh, this natural comp competitive attitude from the player to to exist independent independent of the of the the point system of the of the game of the uh, or the competition of the of the match um, to be something that comes from inside and not from outside of uh, of this external attraction of the, the competition uh, so yeah uh, as as, a, as mostly everything i believe is a is a point of balance between between both yeah the team to that in the export to have if everything was highly competitive in this sense. Um, in your opinion, which one did you think helped players longer term? So if, if you were an academy director or academy manager, which one would you ask your staff to deliver? Would it be the competitive majority of the time or would it be we're going to be uh, skillful with when we're going to give them competition and when we're going to make it... Um, less pressurized from us and more internal motivated mm -hmm. well uh, i believe um, is a, a bit uh, like in the educational system um, where the, if you remove all the evaluations and all the the marks and the examinations and and the rewards uh, and we are in a certain way developing students uh, in an environment quite different from what the open world is uh, uh, where you are constantly being demanded constantly uh, being evaluated constantly needing to to show uh, uh, your value uh, and then yeah i know and uh, we know we knew that uh, that uh, 
the, the kids are not uh, are not small adults are in the process of development of discovery of the world of exploration um but we are we are uh, we are looking uh, to promote uh, a certain adaptability to what they will be uh, demanded uh, once they they are exposed to to the more professional environment um so uh, i think that's a, a more in vivo approach if we if we create this uh, uh, this nature this this comfort uh, from their from their side to be used to deal with these uh, uh, dynamics of competition, the dynamics of uh, having to overcome uh, scenarios where they are not in a, in, a, in an advantage position. Um, so um, even even the management of these advantage positions or um, related with the game or with the score, uh, sometimes with more emphasis in one or in the others, but in uh, yeah, the the game, the game, the nature of the game in the end is, is about this. Is you are playing with someone, uh, um, and even this approach of playing with and not against, uh, I think, is is uh, and and a detail, but is is something um, that uh, influences uh, some of uh, this environment that they create around. So, uh, looking at this competition as an opportunity to to overcome yourself, to overcome uh, the constraints and the, the problems and the situations that the opponents are creating to you. Um, yeah, yeah, the, uh, definitely answering your question, um, the, the, the competition will be uh, highly present, yeah, but uh, with, uh, with some space also to, to some more uh, relaxed situations and more uh, natural competition even without the, the, the system points or the table or whatever no it's an interesting point you make because competition is part of life and you know they'll go school results or you know they'll have they'll be in, being assessed at school um which is going to be part of it when you're at work you get assessed be that you know if you're a footballer or you're not so actually trying to prepare them in sport for what the real world looks like, that competition element is is always going to be present. In terms of when you uh, then leave Porto and go to Barcelona, was there anything other than the competition element that really stood out to you as a difference between the two clubs? Um, was there anything in particular where you were like, wow, they do this very differently at Barcelona? compared to Porto? Um, well, uh, it's an interesting question. I think in, in those first um, in those first impacts that I, I had once I arrived, uh, firstly from outside and then gradually getting into, into a more internal perspective. Um, I felt that both uh, in, in Porto and in Barcelona were in having a, a complex approach or ecological approach in the sense of having uh, the training highly game oriented um, 
with the yeah, as I was describing with mostly the the whole dynamic of the session with the uh, team playing against other team and then in the end of the session uh, a match uh, to get um, to get this relation between the, the initial uh, situations and and the, the real match um, uh, I felt that in, that. Uh, uh, the, in those moments, FC Barcelona were uh, was uh, starting uh, to create uh, um, uh, and to have a clear methodology about this game ID that was uh, that was always um, present. But about the training process, uh, uh, they were starting to to implementing it in a more um, in a more um, systematic. Uh, Way uh, and then and uh, in the in these initial years uh, when I arrived there in around 2013, um, gradually they were becoming closer and closer to what we were doing in 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 Porto and it was interesting for me because uh, I came I came here to learn your way and you are going into what I I knew from from before. Um, but but then in in the next years they had a quite um, dynamic and faster evolution and and uh, in some ways they um, they starting also to to bring something new for me in terms of the approach in terms of these uh, constraints led approach in terms of uh, uh, also the, the didactic procedure that you can create and you can use in training to attend different purposes um, so yeah uh, it was um, if, if if you ask me the, the main differences at that time i i'm not sure if i can be clear with the answer answer right now but um, but the, the journey was this way that i described it no no that makes complete sense and it, one thing uh, that we perceive Barcelona to, to be is quite a, um, and this is from UK speaking, um, they seem to have a structure that goes all the way through the club. And you can say, if you took the kits off of them and put them in a random kit, you would go, that's a Barcelona team because they play this way. One, is that correct? Do is it very structured in terms of what you saw with their teams along the way, and two, how did they integrate that style if they did? So, how did they teach it to U nines, the really little ones, all the way up to the U eighteens? Could you see the step by step process of of their training and game methodology? Mm. Interesting, yeah, and and uh, yeah, the, that is uh, the the biggest uh, uh, biggest um, uh, remark or the biggest definition of what uh, FC Barcelona uh, game idea is that you can definitely remove their their t-shirts and you identify and still recognize what team they they are, and then um, that's that's something that uh, as, uh, as is. Um, Highly uh, known and recognized that came from from years and years of uh, of 
having the same intention in terms of the way of playing. But um, uh, as we talk, uh, uh, mostly since this um, uh, Johan Cruyff uh, time in the club, uh, knowing that that uh, it was something that uh, already existed before, but as I was uh, as I was trying to to explain, um, in terms of systematization of of the process, it was highly uh, um, abstract. Uh, and uh, mostly in, in in the recent years, also when uh, this uh, this uh, uh, this specialist in, in methodology and in, in training, and and with this also this amazing background with these coaches, Paco Cerullo moved into the department of methodology of the club. It was when uh, and definitely these uh, these ideas about how to train. Uh, how to create a process of training to promote this idea with the coins uh, um, in all the ages group, you know, age groups in all the, the sessions um, to to promote this this coins uh, from the the didactic point of view. It, it is not something that exists since a long time ago, but mostly in the in the last decade, um, and then, and then I, have, I have to say that also. Uh, some of the coaches in the club that have, uh, have a, a, a bigger impact in me about uh, about training, uh, it came mostly from their intuitive um, approach to train. Uh, even even coaches coming from uh, contexts contexts uh, in terms of their education uh, outside of football uh, from other areas of knowledge. Uh, their intuition about knowing the player, about knowing um, about the game, of course, uh, it was uh, it was something very very uh, interesting for me to learn from and to uh, and to realize how important it is in terms of uh, the management of uh, uh, special talents that the club has since. Um, since a very early age, the the, the recruitment process uh, plays a big role in a in a club like that and like this and and then with this uh, orientation to a clear game idea, um, you know, the players arrive there coming from other contexts and as I said in Catalonia. Uh, if you compare between UK and Spain, it's mostly you can compare Spain and, and but especially in Catalonia, this this philosophy of the path, this philosophy of the rondo, uh, plays a big impact in all the clubs since a very early age. And uh, in these in these early ages, the recruitment is mostly about Catalonia, with of course some uh, exceptions. But um, yeah, the, the players. Uh, have their experiences about football since very early age very aligned with this intention about uh, passing the ball about uh, the collective way of playing uh, while it, maybe if we go to other countries the the social constraints about football maybe orientate the players to other tendencies to other um, to other ways of solving the situations of the game uh, so to try to answer the question, uh, 
yes, this this uh, process um, and this approach to different age groups and this evolution to the complexity of the game, uh, it exists nowadays. Um, um, or at least until the moment uh, that I I was more present in the club about about three two to three years ago, um, um, but but also yeah the the, the social and the, the environment constraints around the club also uh, make the uh, the job let's say of the coach uh, quite easy in this sense because the the players are talented and and. Everybody knows what kind of style we are trying to to develop and to promote. Yeah. yeah, I think that clarity of vision is an interesting one because, as you said there, everyone knows what the first team's looking for. So actually, when you go in, you'll naturally play that way. I know from speaking to Athletic uh, Bilbao that within their uh, training methodology they have set sessions that you have to do at every age group that are given to you by the academy director or whoever and say you have to deliver these was Barcelona the same as that did they have set sessions that the coaches had to deliver or was it more based around principles and then the coaches could coach the principles however they wanted mm-hmm. well um, I was directly involved with the Barça Academy, and the Barça Academy uh, is not exactly the off teams of FC Barcelona. The Barça Academy is the commercial school, um, and uh, for example, uh, in this in in Barça Academy, um, we had the second approach. The, we had the principles, we had the ideas, and then the coaches had the role to design. Uh, the sessions and to to think about what what is adjusted to the team and to the players we are uh, we are coaching. But for example, when I when I moved as technical director to to Nigeria with Barça Academy, uh, I I had to design the code the sessions for uh, for uh, all the teams and to explain them to the coaches and then the coaches were uh, responsible for running the sessions in the in the off teams of FC Barcelona. Um, the first approach was more present. We uh, in the club uh, there were um, uh, methodological responsibles, methodological coordinators for different age groups, and they were guiding and educating the coaches in terms of um, in terms of the, the the training process, in terms of what can make um, more sense uh, or not. But the final, the final role of the uh, of the, the designing of the sessions were uh, the responsibility uh, of the coach, uh, and uh, I think it is a uh, it is um, very important to keep that uh, that power in the coach in terms of not only being him the one that uh, is more close to the player than the. Uh, in the end, is the coach and is the one feeling what they what they are uh, the way they are evolving, what they may need, um, and the, in the end, it was also my uh, my um, approach in in this uh, in this role of technical director in, in Nigeria, uh, gradually to give more this power to the coaches and 
to be able also to receive from them, to listen to them, and to uh, be sensitive to uh, what is their role. If they are coaches, this is a very important um, um, part of their uh, of the coach role. And uh, if we remove it from from the coach, uh, I also we think I think we need to be to have empathy in this sense. And I, I would not feel comfortable uh, if I cannot create sessions for my players. And um, and uh, it was also. But it is also naturally a process also of education the coach and then uh, what they will create will also be oriented to the whole intentionality of the club of the academy in this sense. and yeah. then I, I didn't uh, mention after Barcelona I, I had also this role in in Shandong uh, Taishan in, in China where I was methodologist and, and coordinator of uh, the younger age groups and uh, yeah the approach was definitely the same empowering the, the coaches so this way the coaches will also uh, or should also empower the players uh, this is a kind of articulation between the different uh, different positions in the academy that uh, we try to to have there as well perfect i think this provides us a really good point to transition across so I know from um, the the book that you released, et cetera, and our, our conversations that you um, have a real passion for game models, periodization, training, et cetera. So as a starting point, do you just want to uh, tell us, in your opinion, what does good training periodization look like? Um, obviously, you've been in some academy director roles. You've been in some roles where you've managed programs. In, in your opinion, what, what does good practice look like in that in that area? Mm-hmm. Well, um, from my point of view, uh, and uh, I think in my previous answers, I, I also uh, mentioned the main point is that uh, we should train with, with the game. Uh, it's not about to train with the ball, um, not about to training analytical uh, situations with the uh, uh, orientation to the, the technical dimension or to the physical dimension is about to try to have uh, as much as possible the whole ingredients present and that uh, that would be definitely uh, more easy to to achieve with the, with the game with the nature of it with the, keeping it uh, uh, as natural as possible is um, not not uh, 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 making it too complicated, keeping keeping it complex, but uh, uh, not complicated in the sense of not not creating too much rules, too much uh, uh, modifications uh, in terms of what is the natural dynamic of the of the game itself. So, uh, yeah, these 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 two ideas of keeping it natural and keeping it human. Uh, are quite um, important in in, the, in in this whole uh, discussion about uh, game models and and periodization. Uh, even even uh, well, in terms of of concepts, uh, this idea of game model uh, was uh, or have been taken in in, 
in a way that uh, I, I agree disagree that is the idea that the coach should know and should define the way the team should play and uh, then will be someone transmitting and them what they have to do and, and this is definitely quite negative even more in in the off development so um we should we should we should um mostly be someone as, as the coaches at the are uh, using their eyes uh, to observe what are the natural tendencies of the players and uh, generating some uh, some constraints to uh, promote uh, and optimize their range of possibilities and not to to format them uh, and this is also uh, related with the idea of Barcelona approach uh, even if we know the the whole uh, intention the, the main idea uh, we should not uh, go into the mistake of format everyone to be passing the ball every time this is not uh, what we are talking about uh, it's about having clear the main principles but then having uh, this as uh, as a starting point for the for the creative for the creativity of the players and for uh, and to be surprised for what they do and not to be expecting every time uh, them to, to pass the ball and to and to be all uh, the same kind of players. So the game will be much more richer if they provide different solutions, if they uh, do unexpected um, interactions, uh, even from us as a, as a coaches. Um, and uh, yeah, when you talk about uh, periodization, as is another concept that people tends to look at it as the need to divide the season in different periods and it's definitely not about that it's about uh, um, knowing that during a, a a period of time like a season like uh, depending of the the region the months of uh, of training that we have with a team uh, we have uh, uh, we will have a process of evolution of both the collective and the individuals um, that we are uh, that we are uh, working with or that we are coaching, and this is a non-linear evolution, and uh, uh, and um, yeah, that there's any kind of uh, need to divide things and to and to do some things first than others. That there's any uh, receipt about that. It's just about to. Um, to manage the process in a um, in a coherent and in a sensitive way, where you you manage also the complexity of the situations in different days according to the uh, to the state of the players in terms of if they can uh, if they are um, coming from a match, maybe they are not with the freshness to do certain uh, things. Uh, and in the middle of the week, once they are more recovered, they can maybe uh, have higher demands in terms of complexity, in terms of uh, elements to deal with in training. And that is not a matter of uh, dividing things and creating these artificial uh, uh, divisions and separations in, in the season. I'll come on to the game model bit in a second because I think that's a really interesting point you made it seems like from from this conversation you're a big believer in uh, as a as a coach 
understanding your group and where they are at that moment in time and then acting accordingly. So rather than having a real structure of we have to do this at this point in time and there's no give, you go, actually, this group has had high stress for the last month and I can see that at this moment they need an opportunity to have a more relaxed atmosphere so that's what I'm going to give them or actually they seem fresh today and seem alert so today we're going to try and increase the complexity of our training or games would you say that's a fair characterization of your belief around that? Absolutely, Michael. Thank, thank you for, for the description. Is uh, absolutely the sensitivity is the key, is the key uh, factor or, or the key uh, point that that uh, differentiates the good coaches from the others. Uh, you know, it's, it's someone that I is also an inspiration for me. Uh, uh, Rui Faria, because he came from a similar background than me. In a recent interview in, in Training Ground Guru, uh, talking about technologies that are now present in training, also, of course, uh, in professional level, but also it's time more also in in off. Um, he was asking, or he was saying, um, hey, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you cannot perceive if the players are, uh, are on their limit or not by your eyes, then you are not a good coach. If you need a machine to tell you that, better you better you go for other <laughs> activity. And then this this sensitivity that you it's not something that uh, uh, you born with or not. It's something that you also from your experience you get these indirect indicators about uh, their uh, their fluidity in training their. Uh, their coordination, even their their comments between them, their reactions, their, their physical expression. Um, uh, you need to be with uh, sensibility to 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 identify and perceive. And as you said, as you said, this this will be uh, the tools for you to manage the the process in terms of uh, yeah, complexity, demands, uh, uh, everything. Yeah. Uh, but this human, this human relation and this human connection uh, that you need to create. That's also why the coach needs to be really involved in what is happening and not coming to training with a receipt about, oh, I have to do this and this and this. And then uh, if you are going with this uh, approach, in training, you'll not be open to receive, to to, to, to identify what's happening. And, and is that management in the here and now that uh, that uh, definitely differentiates uh, the, the good coaches from the great coaches? Um, and um, yeah, uh, I think uh, if uh, something uh, is also another side that I try to uh, to make for myself as uh, my own development to to listen to some of the top coaches and. Uh, they are constantly touching on these points about how the players, uh, what the players are expressing to you in, in the daily dynamics and what they, they are telling you for their reactions, for their behaviors, for their attitudes. Um, and that is that is crucial. And even if we, now it's coming to my mind, uh, Guardiola, for example, used to mention a lot uh, how much is important to uh, 
to know each one and to know how they react differently, differently, and to know to how to touch in each in each one. And the human, the human uh, uh, connection and the human uh, relationships and, and attributes from you as a coach are are very very important to to develop and and normally in in the coaches education uh, process are not taken in consideration or not with the, the emphasis it should be i guess because it's hard to to teach right teach someone to listen observe the human element less it's easier for a coach developer to say well here's the technical tactical piece you can go away and work on that where for for you to be able to pick up on a interaction and say that's unusual for that player it's 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 a skill that takes time to grow and, and learn as a coach um you you mentioned earlier around the the game model piece which really interested me around having some uh base philosophies if you like but allowing creativity within that which i thought um from my perception was interesting because you look at Barcelona as an entity, they have their way of trying to do things in terms of you perceive it as pass, 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 pass. But they also have a Ronaldinho or a Messi who has that ability to think of a different action to get them out or even Iniesta who, you know, during his time of Pep Guardiola would come up with a different, um, different way of doing it. So, in terms of trying to create a, a game model, how loose do you leave your game model um, regarding the principles? So rather than having maybe when the ball goes wide, one of our eights always runs into the half space, do you just look for loose principles of saying, can we get forward runs when the ball goes wide? Is that is it more in that for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is uh, um, a different point in, in the question. And uh, talking about creativity for for the audience, there is a very, very interesting article from Carlota Torrent uh, with professor in Catalonia University uh, called The Paradox of Creativity, where uh, she explains so well uh, how much creativity needs uh, boundaries and in in this sense boundaries are what are, are the principles are the tractors so they will be they will be the, the basis they will be the, the guidelines for this creativity so it's not uh, uh, as professor Victor Fred also used to say you are you are free to act without acting freely uh, so you have you have main principles uh, orienting this this creativity because and this is interesting because we, we have a student in our master in tackle participation uh, who came also from the actor uh, world uh, the representing world and uh, he, he expresses it very well also uh, some someone asked him to to create without any reference and and this is was this was the most um, um, uh, difficult challenge for him to 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 to, to develop because uh, when you don't have any any reference, 
it's like when you and Antonio Damasio, another scientist, also uh, gives some examples concerning this. That if you go to a to a shop and you want to shop uh, some kind of product and you have there a big amount of uh, offer, um, if you don't have any factor that uh, attracts you for you for one other other being emotional factor or being uh, that you like more some colors or others. Uh, you'll be spending that time and time. So you need you need some boundaries to make the creativity more uh, uh, easy to to emerge uh, to catalyze from these uh, from these different um, uh, factors constraining your uh, your uh, your emergent behaviors in in the here and now um, and the, and the Concerning this this problematic of um, the way we playing and the uh, definition of, of game model, I look at it. The game model is what the team is expressing, not something that we that we predefine and that we want the team to perform. And in this sense, the the way uh, the players are oriented is and in, in, uh, uh, in um in the highest percentage would, would be oriented by principles uh, and not not uh, and if it's by principles it's not that you have to go here or, or the other player has to go there it's about someone has to um has to explore certain spaces but uh, even me from outside of the coach i do not know who will be uh, uh, doing it but i know that uh, that uh, they 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 will take the, the spaces in consideration, the exploration in spaces, if even if they are in the, uh, in, the in depth or if they are more in the external spaces, um, they that they have this intentionality uh, guiding their emergent expressions in here and now. But uh, it it doesn't mean that uh, every time someone will be there, that uh, every time they will do it perfectly. Uh, but uh, in the process of training, we. Uh, we try as, and here is where the model comes. We try to uh, generate a modelization where the modelization is uh, this process of um, generating habits, generating patterns where they get more comfortable uh, to to live with and to express what they are. Um, but um, but uh, even considering that would be my ideal approach. We have to be also, and, and this would be mainly uh, uh, close to 100% present in the off level. But if you are talking about professionals, um, even knowing these and and uh, and trying to get the dynamic of the process close to this, uh, sometimes in the professional level we have other emergencies. So so. We need to close more things sometimes. We need to to tend more for the behaviors and less for the principles to make sure some things happen faster. Something happen for sure. Uh, but this is about the orientation for the score and and uh, even for the protection of your position as a coach. But yeah, in, in the off level, uh, it should be more more and more oriented by principles and in a more open way. Yeah. I think the the piece you said around the creativity is really interesting because 
actually to be creative, you're essentially breaking what the norm would do. So, you know, creativity is going against what the majority of people would do in that circumstance. And in order for that to be a guidance, there has to be a, um, like you mentioned, the, the constraint on the environment so people know what would normally, hap normally happen. So I think of, of Messi, for example, because he's a really useful example, a normal player, when they have three defenders around them, would pass the ball. They would probably look to move the ball and exploit an overload elsewhere. Whereas Messi, when he identifies he can be creative, thinks, I can find a solution to beat those three players. But it's in a, in a I guess, constrained environment. Whereas if you just said to Messi do what you like, mm. he he may try and dribble past three players at right back, left back, centre back, right midfield, left midfield. And all of a sudden that creativity becomes uh, less because he's constantly trying to do that thing, which then is not creative. That's his norm. So I think it's a really interesting point you make around actually you need the the constraint to a certain degree degree to allow them to then be creative in that scenario or that situation um i think that's yeah it's, a fascinating concept it is and um, it is important at the same time and, and recently i was hearing a, a recent interview from antonio damasio as i mentioned this neuroscientist that being portuguese is in us and uh, a big reference for us for different uh, reasons. He talks a lot about the, the previous intentions, about somatic markers. And uh, yeah, since I started studying about coaching, neuroscience was very, very present. And then he was talking, he was being interviewed. Uh, and then he said to the person who was interviewing, now you are, you are being creative in the way you are listening this question because uh, uh, we tend to, to define creativity in, uh, in a way that uh, um, is something that needs to be very, very differential. And not necessarily. And uh, it's also important when you talk about football to don't relate creativity only with the, the player with the ball doing 1v2, 1v3, 1v1. Uh, it can be with three players around and, and do a and do a, a pass that, that is uh, very creative. And uh, uh, Sergi Busquets is a very creative midfielder and he's not doing one v trees quite um, quite usual. So um, it is, um, even even the example you mentioned, you can tell Messi, do whatever you do, but, but you know, you know who is Messi and you know uh, how, what is education about football, uh, what background he, he has. So, you can perfectly tell them that, that you'll not start dribbling uh, uh, since the, the back to everyone every time. So this is the, the subconscious education that the process uh, need to have to make sure that then the emergent behaviors in the year and now are oriented to this intentionality. And this is a process, this is a, a process that requires time, requires emotional implication. Uh, and this emotional implication is highly 
a Shiva with this competition that you talked before. Um, because then, then they will have, they will be completely involved trying to to make the best they can in every moment, and they will feel the consequences in their bodies directly from the uh, from the experience they are having. And this is very, very, very rich in terms of acquisition, in terms of learning, um, and in terms of this non-linear, uh, non-linear. Uh, approach in terms of training, in terms of learning that we try uh, to to orientate our our approach and uh, even in this in the sense of references uh, we look a lot to the French uh, 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 some French references because when Professor Victor Fraz started studying uh, about the body, about conscience uh, in France, there was uh, a biggest development in, th in that time, and, and nowadays, for example, Olivier Houdet is um, is one of the responsibles, uh, uh, together uh, with Daniel Kahneman, economist, uh, with um, this approach to to our process of interaction with the, with the world, uh, based on the, the subconscious or in the conscious, or even our process of inhibition of our instinctive instincts. Um, and this this uh, comprehension and this knowledge about how we interact, how we perceive the world, and how we uh, how we express ourselves in the demanding situation and with the pressure that we are, we're talking about uh, is one other very important point that uh, is definitely almost never present in the, in the coaches' education as well. Only the technical aspects and the physical and tactical, and not about the human being and about uh, uh, how we how we interact, how we perceive, how we, uh, what is conscience. And, and this is big questions and very important ones. And, uh, and I believe that also the, some of the most effective coaches, uh, some more in an intuitive way and others with the real knowledge about um, have big, big uh, worries about this point. Yeah, you have to get to know the the person before the player is a, is a common thing. You need to you need to understand them as people and, and how they feel and pick that up before you can coach them. I'm I'm conscious of uh time that we allotted for this. So the last question for me, which is something I ask everyone, if I were to ask the people you work with or the players you coach to describe you in three words, how do you hope they would describe you? Um, passionate. <laughs> um, always always trying to, to pass to them this, this passion for the game, to try to, to play... <laughs> The most they can outside the training, uh, the street football, the, the the passion for the ball, uh, um, uh, and um, uh, in terms of um, in terms of of coaches, um, they will they will probably define um, define me as um, proactive. Um, and um, curious uh, in the sense that um, 
since early ages, I, as I explained in the first answers, I tried to find um, new challenges, new challenges for myself, new perspectives to try to don't close myself into one idea or into an approach. Um, and um, and this idea also of vulnerability uh, is something that I try to have uh, very present to try to to keep developing this sensibility as we as we are talking uh, to learn from all the experiences you have to try to relate everything with with football and something it 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 is difficult to to manage uh, as a human being uh, as well uh, this implication that we have about football and and sometimes to create this this uh, distance um, is is uh, difficult for us but. Um, but yeah, this um, would be some of the the main definitions about um, about myself. Perfect. Listen, really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for bearing with me when we were getting this in the schedule. I know it was a lot of uh, back and forth via Twitter DMs. So yeah, thank you for um, bearing with me and my my busy schedule. But hopefully, we can we can meet face to face soon when you come over to the UK. And uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Michael. And yeah, I'm very happy for this um, for this hour where um, I tried to expose some of the some of of my ideas. But uh, yeah, of course, I'm I'm open for everyone to to contact you uh, and and contact me through yourself. Uh, feel free, everyone. It was a pleasure. Yeah.